0: basically like manifesting. It gave me this whole yeah, yeah, yeah. gave me this whole revelation of what God is up to when he shakes us. Oh. And I found this scripture that just knocked my socks off several weeks ago. It was Psalm 26. And uh, the Lord says to the people of Israel, I will come and I will shake the wilderness of Kadesh. Oh. Now, the wilderness of Kadesh was the place where the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. It was a place of shame, a place of regret, a place of failure, a place of longing, a place of dying, the place where Miriam died and was buried, where the prophetic dies, where dream dies. It's a place where you're stuck. It's with something that you know is your fault. Uh, it, it, you know, there's all these emotions, regret, shame, longing, embarrassment. That wilderness, and I have come to the understanding that sometimes, or maybe all of us in this room, carry that wilderness inside of ourselves mm. from our past experiences, and yet God says, I will shake that wilderness. That's I will so put good. an earthquake there, and I'll shake it. And you see, you know, throughout history, there's just times where God shakes things. You know, on the day of Pentecost, the place was shaken. Mm -hmm. When Jesus was resurrected, there was an earthquake. There was a shaking. Mm -hmm. And now they're discovering that shaking actually releases trauma and emotion that is stuck inside of you. Wow. Wow! And it's really interesting because if you look at animals like a deer or something like that, if they get really spooked or if they get traumatized, I don't know if animals get traumatized, but they'll just shake, they'll just kind of shake until they kind of work the fear out of them and then they're done with it and they go on. And, you know, as humans, God put a mechanism in us to kind of shake when we're frightened or shocked, but it is so socially unacceptable to shake that we completely shut it down and we just stiffen up right? And so God says, I'm going to have to shake that out of you. And actually it was really interesting because last weekend we actually had our women's retreat in South Carolina and there's a, a girl, we have a lot of therapists and counselors in our church. I, I try not to make jokes about it because I'm like, are you all here for me? I, I don't know. <laughs> They're here because I think they, they suspect I'm healthy. I tricked them. No, I'm just kidding. So, um, but we have this girl in our church, she's a, a therapist, and she deals with you know the really, really intense stuff. And I'm telling you, she got whacked at the retreat by the Spirit of God. And she just got, it was like she got like axed onto the floor. And this girl is, is very self-controlled, very intelligent, very gentle. And she was on the floor shaking like a wild thing for about two hours. She shook and shook and shook. And I happen to know what's going on with her in her life. I've been doing counseling with her. I'm a a counselor to therapists now, you know. uh, And I could see this happening and I was thinking, oh my God, he's doing it. He's dealing with this trauma. And so she was shaking and shaking and shaking. She shook for two hours. And she got up on the Sunday and she shared about, he, he, she was saying, I, I don't know what was happening to me, but I could feel something being shaken out of me. And I got really <laughs> excited because I've been learning about that in my class. I'm like, "Stacy, could that, you know, we, we started having a conversation right up there in front of everyone. God was shaking the trauma out of you. And so, and so what I want to say to you here, if the Spirit of God is moving in a room and you start feeling you're responding, you're sh- just go with it, go with it, just go with it, just shake it out, <laughs> and just let let the Lord do stuff in your body, don't tense up, don't say I don't have time for this, because you have no idea what he's really up to, yeah. okay, so that's tip number one. <laughs> tip number two is all this kind of like, uh, you know, tuning and seeing pictures, and, and then when we see the picture of God coming, you know, we kind of... Cry because we feel this emotion. God is a total genius, okay. So the way this stuff works up in here is that you know all your language is is kind of in the left side of your brain. And but the emotion, especially trauma emotions, and when I say trauma, I just mean all the bad stuff that's happened to you. All the stuff that's impacted you negatively. That's what I mean, okay. Trauma is kind of a buzzword right now. Yeah but it, it can make you feel like, why? why is everyone, tra- are we really all traumatized? Yes, you really are all traumatized. You know? <laughs> <laughs> even, even if something just negatively impacted you a little, little bit, right? Yeah. It's interesting uh, merrily, you know, you were talking about how the drowning thing, and so for merrily, it's really interesting this stuff because for merrily, maybe what reactivates those drowning um, feelings is maybe if you feel drowned out by busyness or if you feel drowned out by, I, I don't think I'm doing well enough, we get drowned by our own feelings of failure or overwhelmingness. That triggers the old stuff. There's a, a lady in my church I was have been working with and we, we just the she has this trigger point where if she hears lightning, or she is terrified of a balloon popping to the point that she's had six children and none of them have ever been allowed balloons. She just lives in fear of balloons, Mm -hmm. right? And as I was working with her, we finally got to it. She had fallen into a pool when she was two years old and it was the sound that she heard when she hit the water, the crack sound, Mm -hmm. and then not being able to breathe every time she hears a loud noise, like a smack sound, like thunder or a balloon popping or something sudden, it reactivates the feeling of drowning and she just has a panic attack and she can't yeah. breathe. Yeah. And isn't this, a, it's, a, it's amazing how we work, but God can deal with all of it, okay? Right. And so the, but the emotion, the feelings, all of that stuff is over in the right side of your brain, where visual, which is stimulated by visualization. And so when God comes to you and starts to show you a picture of him coming, him speaking to you, he's getting into the emotion. And that's the stuff that needs to be cleared out, kind of like a cavity. You know, they have to drill out all that stuff before they fill it. So get with God and look for him. Let him open the eyes of your heart. Commune with him in that way. That is going to make you a healthier person. So shake it out and look to encounter God, because it, it works that stuff out. That's good, right? Yeah, Good news. The other, the other key is soaking, you know, just being single-minded, centering yourself, just focusing on one thing. Um, Scott has been doing a, a different class from me, and he learned this little healthy key, and it's been, we've been kind of drilling this into our staff at church. But uh, the culture that we're living in is so kind of multitasking kind of culture. Yeah. Yeah. And, and when you're permanently multitasking, it's actually really unhealthy for your brain. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and something that's really <laughs> healthy for your brain is to like, what integrates everything is when you just do one task And in our time of day, it's really difficult to do that because you're on the phone and you're on the computer, or you're doing that and you're texting. And especially our young people, it's like all the tabs are open at the same time. It's actually not good to live that way all the time. We all have moments where we need to multitask. But having a practice in your life where you say, right now, I am just eating my lunch, Mm -hmm. and I am not looking at my phone, and I'm not doing anything else. Okay, right now, I'm just driving. I'm not even listening to the radio, and I'm not trying to text while I drive because that's very naughty. I am just driving. You know, right now, I am just reading. Right now, I am just watching this TV show, not listening to the show and online shopping at the same time. And actually practicing just single focus, it, it, it's really good for you because when you're multitasking, do you know why it feels good? It feels good because you, you start to release cortisol into your body, mm-hmm. it's a stress hormone, but it makes you feel like I wanna get this done, get that done, get it all done, boop, 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 boop. And we can actually kind of get addicted to that. Yeah. And if we're doing just one thing, it doesn't feel like it's doing it for us, wow. okay? We need to learn to. Really? This is just about being a healthy, wholehearted person. And why, when you look at the Psalms, is God saying, fix your eyes on me, be still and know that I am God. Come to me if you're weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Like, God's all about getting you to calm down, to be still, to come to him, to fix your eyes on him. And soaking is a really good way of doing that, you know, putting on some worship music, closing your eyes, focusing on God, and just... Allowing moments of stillness and quietness in your life. But let me give you a little scripture as you go away today. I like this a lot because the theme of this weekend has been, you know, God renewing our minds. And by the way, when we renew our minds, we shine. Just tying it in with the theme. See what I did there? Thank you. (laughs) Really, all of this stuff, exactly like um, Kathy says, it's taking the smudges off the mirror so we can see who we are really are. And we can see who God really is. In you know, First Corinthians 13 says, we see as in a mirror dimly, but then we shall see him face to face. Yeah, yeah. And I'm looking forward to that. And I had to dream about that one day, but I'm not going to, I, I don't have, have time. So here's the scripture. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 4, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds the casting down of arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. And so a stronghold in your mind is where you have a way of thinking that has just built up over time. And arguments that are part of that way of thinking. Arguments that say, well, God can't do this or that. I will never be this or that. Others will always be such and such. Mm -hmm. It's idolatrous thought patterns that exalt some other thing, some other force, some other person, or some other system of capabilities above God and what God made you for and what he wishes to do in and through you. Amen. Yeah. yeah. You say it one more time? Yeah. Last little sentence? I'll no. just give you the notes. I that. That. I, I, I'm trying to go through this real fast. So how can you tell if you have a stronghold in your life? Um, a stronghold, a stronghold itself, the actual meaning of the word, it's a military thing, and it's there for defense and for attack. Like you hide in the stronghold to defend yourself, but you also use it as a place from which to attack. And when you find that you are really defensive about something or you go on the attack uh, about a certain area uh, with blame and fault finding where there is insecurity, a stronghold is there to bring a false sense of security. And um, I'll give you a little example from my life. Um, as you all know from this weekend, my dad left home when I was five and left my mom for another woman. And the interesting element here that I was cognizant of as a child is my mom was um, brunette, brown eyes, kind of olivey skin, really attractive woman. My dad left my mother for somebody who looked the exact opposite, fair skin, bright blonde hair, bright blue eyes, uh, and, and just looked very different from my mom. And so I, I saw that happen as a little girl. And what I also heard as a little girl was my mom who had managed to you know, attract a little company of women who had all had husbands who had been unfaithful to them. And I would hear these women complain about men and a man can never be faithful. And my mom said to me when I was about 9 or 10, you know, a man can never be with just one woman. They're just not made that way. That's a really uplifting piece of advice so, and, and then you know, I saw my dad go on and continue to have affairs with his second wife, so you know this is this is all in there, and so, sometimes a stronghold is there, and you don't even know it's there until the war starts. you know when the war begins, whoa, the cannons start firing off in those that stronghold, and so the war began uh right around the time that Scott and I got together. And uh, for those of you who know, Scott is a real man of integrity. He is just straight and narrow, really, really, really honest guy. But when we got together, I noticed that I would have this little thought process. So it would be like, you know, we walk into a room and I kind of look around and I'd be like, okay, where is the girl that's gonna be my, my competition, my problem here? I'd be like, oh, it's this girl right here because she has this, this, and this, which is what I don't have. I can't compete with that. Okay, now just, now just watch this. So I would watch Scott. I just like, have a, an eye on him out the corner of my eye. And at some point, you know, uh, you know, Scott might just be scanning the room, but I would think, oh, he just looked at her. Ah, see this is it now and it's all about you know that the motivation here is if I can catch it first at least I know what's coming you know it's like the watchman on the walls with the binoculars like looking out for the enemy coming I just need to know what I'm really dealing with here. and this would just I had this going on in my life in complete secret like we would be in the mall we'd see an attractive woman coming towards us and I'd be like oh you know, a man will look at an attractive woman. I look at attractive women. They look great, they're gorgeous. I mean, women are beautiful, they have gorgeous bodies. I look at their bodies. I mean, come on, that's what women are like. I don't mean that in a, you know, I'm just saying, women are beautiful. And so, of course, a man will notice a beautiful woman, even if it's just for a second. But it all went into my, oh, see, this, see what we're dealing with here. So anyway, uh, long story short, we went for some pre-marriage counseling And in the course of it, the counselor said to me something along the lines of, well, we know, you know, your history, Stephanie, with your dad. So do you feel that you trust Scott? And I was about to say yes, but this evil voice came out of my mouth and said, no, I will never trust him. day and this is what happened to me and this was so brilliant, I could not have come up with it in a hundred years and this is how Jesus does something in 20 seconds that would take you years of therapy this is the fast track moment so I'm there and they said to me, you know, look just invite Jesus in to talk to you about this so I'm like, okay Jesus this is really Mm." and uh, I just see Jesus come and stand right in front of me and he said to me uh, I was a man. Do you trust me? I mean, you know, your mom says a man can never be fed. Do you trust me? And I was like, well, yeah, I trust you. You're different, you know. And then I see um, Jesus put his arm around Scott, and he says to me, well, this is my son. This is my boy. Do you trust him? I'm like, no. <laughs> so then Jesus looks me in the eye, and he says to me, well then watch this, and he plunges his hand through his own chest cavity, pulls out his heart and it's beating, and he like puts his hand into Scott's chest cavity and he looks me in the eyes, he says, then I will put my heart for him, for you inside of him,
1: and as long as
0: he's walking with me, he will always be faithful to you. <laughs> I just had a total full body meltdown, I was like stopping. But that that was an instant an instant stronghold was totally destroyed in that moment. Wow. And I am telling you that lifetime of behaviours, because i had that going on, you know, with in my life in different ways, but that had been going on our entire relationship and once we got married that completely went away. I never, ever have struggled with that thought again. You know, the most beautiful woman in the world could come in and flirt with Scott, and I'd be like, good luck, honey. (laughs) 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 Because my husband is walking with Jesus, and I know that his heart for me is inside of Scott. And I trust that more than I trust the heart of a man. And it brought an instant change to my life. So how do we deal with strongholds? We need to read the word, we need to hear the word, we need to encounter the word, we need to encounter Jesus. The Apostle Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 4, 4 the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is in the image of God. Mm. And that word um, translated blinded means uh, it's to flu in the Greek. It means to Blow smoke in the face. And so the God of this age is, you know, with unbelievers, but also with us. He tries to blow smoke in your face. Yeah. He tries to confuse things. He tries to blur things for you. It's all about smoke and mirrors. So what do we do about this? Well, here's a few words in closing. I really like this from Second Samuel 5-6. It's the story of how David took the stronghold of Jerusalem and made it his capital. It says the Jebusites taunted David and said, you'll not get in here. Even if the blind and lame were the ones defending this stronghold, you could never get in. Is there an area in your life where the enemy saying, you'll never be free of this? You will never, ever be free of this. We are here to stay. Like this, you will never change. They thought David couldn't get in there, but David deter- was determined and he got in there. And if you read the story, Joab broke through a tunnel, that a water tunnel that came under the stronghold and came out through a well inside the stronghold and they took the whole thing. Yeah. And I love that imagery there because you know that the way into a stronghold is through the springs of God. It's through the ways of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit always knows the sneak attack. He always knows the way into a stronghold. And there is no way, there is no stronghold that that exists that God cannot tear down. And I promise you that. So a few little traits of a stronghold. And then we're going to stand up together and we're just going to make a declaration in closing this weekend. How's that? Strongholds are storage places. Sometimes little demons can be inside strongholds, just warning you. (coughs) A stronghold is a way of thinking and feeling that has developed a life of its own inside of a person. It may be a rut of depression or a recurring belief or a habitually bad temper. It may be a repeating pattern of failure Sometimes a stronghold will cause you to provoke others to reject you without even knowing you're doing it. It may be a stronghold of resentment or worthlessness. Strongholds keep us in unhealthy relational patterns. They keep us lonely, unhappy, and unfulfilled. I'm just going to tell a little story about a lady that I've had the privilege of helping, and. She came to me a few years ago and she said, this is going to sound really ugly, but I can't stand it when people say they love me, because I don't believe them. You know, she said, I love my husband, I love my kids, but all this love, 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 blah, 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 so blah, that's literally what she said. And I was like, oh, what, you know, what do you think, what do you mean when you say I love you? And she had this very specific, when you say you love someone, it means this. And it was really in this box, and I could see, because I knew this lady, how that way of thinking was keeping her very, very locked up, because no one else qualified. No one else could achieve that level of loyalty, faithfulness, or behavior. And I gave her this little assignment. It's amazing amazing how the word of God changes things. I said, I want you to go and do a word study on the word love in the Bible. She came back the next week and she was blown away. She said, you know the seven different meanings of love? And she says, one of them, agape, just means universal love. It's the love we even have for strangers. So you can even love a stranger. I'm like, oh, really? (laughs) That's interesting. And it it actually blew her mind, but it blew her stronghold. Wow. And she just was confronted with, I I actually think I have not been seeing this right at all. Mm -hmm. And I watched as she started walking this out over the last year, how she has allowed people into her life that would have been in the disqualified group Mm -hmm. before they even got near her. And it's, 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 you know, so strongholds keep us lonely. That's my point. There may be demonic forces guarding these strongholds, generational thought patterns, issues, and curses. And um, I'll tell you one story and then we're going to pray. Uh, the Lord broke a stronghold in my life several years ago through a dream. And I had, you know, had struggles in my relationship with my mom just because of some of the real bumps in our life together when I was growing up. And I had been diligent to forgive, to get healing, to do all the steps, but there was something I just couldn't shift. And as many of you know, my mom died about five years ago, and I am so glad that God did this for me before that took place. Um, My mom was coming to visit us in South Carolina, and I would have this, this kind of, Split Like part of me would be happy, like mum's coming, and another part of me would just dread, am I going to be able to do well at being a daughter? Because sometimes I don't feel I'm doing well at that, and I really want to. And uh, as my mum was coming over, I had this dream one morning, and in the dream I was walking up the stairs in my mother's house. And as I was walking up the stairs, my mum was saying something contentious to me, And I came up to the top stair, and I looked her in the face in the dream, and I said, Mom, I'm just so tired. I just don't want to fight with you anymore. I don't want to fight anymore. And as I was looking in her eyes in the dream, my mom looked down, and she said, oh. And I looked, and my daughter, Lily, was standing in between us. And Lily um, looked up at my mom, and Lily resembles me a lot when I was a child. And as Lily looked up, I could just see her bright blue eyes. And my mom said, oh, I really miss that little girl with the blue eyes. And I, <laughs> she was talking about me. Yeah. And I just completely broke in the dream because there was this complete realization that how I feel to Lily, my mum has always felt towards me, but she just hasn't always had the right tools or the language to show it. And something broke. I woke up out of that dream and something had just shattered in my thinking. And that defensiveness I had towards my mom just got axed in a dream. And and that's the kind of, I just feel like we need all of it. Some things we walk out the process slowly because God wants us to understand what it takes to help someone else. And sometimes he just says, you know, and I think it was in his mercy, he knew my mom was going to pass away, and I think he just thought, let's get it on, let's get this thing taken care of. But I think more and more we need fast track. How many of yeah, you like the fast track? Yes. All right, let's stand up. We're going to pray together, and then... Are we having lunch today? We... No, there's no lunch. They're not even feeding you. My goodness. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. My okay. All right, so we're going to do... Uh, 3 We're going to do we're gonna do a few steps here and I'm going to tell you what they are. First of all, we're going to say, God, show me if there's a stronghold in my thinking. Okay? The second thing we're going to do is we're going to repent to God. Then we're going to renounce it. Then we're going to rebuke any demonic powers that are guiding that stronghold. Then we're going to receive God's truth. Notice how these are all ours. Recognize, repent, renounce, rebuke, receive, and then replace. So we're going to Look at God to receive his grace. And then we're going to ask God for a new thought pattern to replace that. And if it doesn't all happen here in this room, you can, um, you can, uh, God is faithful and he'll get you later. So some strongholds just to give you some ideas uh, you know, I did this when I was in the Ukraine in, the, in October. And as I was going through this ministry time. The Lord just said to me, these people are really afraid of giving their money to the church because of communism. You know, a lot of the older people in that room knew what it was like, authority meant you have nothing. We're taking everything from you. And I hardly ever talk about that kind of thing. I'm telling you, when I led them through repenting of that stronghold, you could feel like a tree fell in the room. It was intense. So what, what can strongholds be about? Fear, control, unforgiveness, pride, strongholds of bitterness, strongholds of failure, strongholds of a fear of intimacy. We can have sexual strongholds in our minds, um, intellectual strongholds, political strongholds. You know, a lot of the thinking out there now—just um, you know, thoughts about things that are just not Christian—that are getting into our minds. Like this is the new normal. And I have just been really strong in my life on it. It says in the scriptures, Jesus says, if you stand with me and my word, then I will stand with the Father and defend you when you come before him. And so I'm, I'm sticking with the word of God. And we need to keep our minds clean in these areas. Strongholds of abuse, rejection, abandonment, strongholds of rebellion, strongholds of accusation, Generational strongholds, all that stuff. Just giving you some examples, just in case you couldn't think of one. <laughs> Alright, so let's close our let So let's say father! Father. father. Show, me Show me if there's a stronghold.
1: there's a stronghold.
0: That you, want to just knock down. <laughs> that you want to just knock down. Right now. Right now. Or over the next several weeks. Over the <laughs> next several weeks. weeks. So just think of something. Somewhere where you know. Uh, I have a thought pattern here, I get defensive, I go on the attack. It's directed at me, it's directed at others. And I get stuck in this. Keep your eyes closed. Raise your hand if you have something. Almost everyone. If you don't have something, just pray the prayer in faith. (laughs) It'll be good in the end. So let's say, Father God, God, I confess before you this stronghold in my thinking. thinking, And I repent repent for allowing these thoughts thoughts of, of, just tell them quietly. in the name of Jesus, name of of Jesus I renounce, I renounce this, ungodly thinking. this ungodly thinking. Now, renounce means to like just kind of shake it off. Just kind of shake it off. Let's do a little bit of shake. Shake that out. Father, come and shake that out of us. Woo! <laughs> Father, we want this off. We want this out. Yes. Say this in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I rebuke, I rebuke any, demonic any, demonic any demonic powers that have been assigned to, been assigned to, keep, these to, these to keep these thoughts in place. thoughts in place. The, the name of Jesus. I say leave me now. I say leave me now. I don't want you anymore. I don't need you anymore. I will not listen to your lies anymore. Shake it up generational issues on the mother and father's side that have contributed to this. Father, just come and let there be a cutting and a freeing Father. Thank you Father. Come on Lord. Wash us off in Jesus name. I just command anything that has been lingering to come off the children of God. Anything that has been tormenting to come off the children of God. Anything that has been oppressing to come off the children of God. Anything that has been been whispered to come off the children of God in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. So now we're going to receive grace. So turn to your Father, turn to your Jesus, just see Him. Be gone. Thank you, Father. We're going to receive grace. We're going to receive grace. Uh, Father, release grace in this room right now. Receive grace right now. Receive grace right now. (coughs) Honey, at the back, take a deep breath in. Just a deep breath in, as deep as you can. Okay, breathe out. All of that comes right out on the breath right now. Right off. Right off the spine. Somebody just lay hands on her. Right off the spine. It comes right off the spine right now. Right off. Right off. In Jesus' name, it comes right off. It comes right off the spinal cord. Right off the spinal cord. You come off right now in Jesus' name. Wow. Thank you, Father. Let's so receive grace. Look at the cross brokenness, his blood, his sacrifice, we have nothing without that. His blood speaks a better word. Okay, Father, we want to replace this stronghold with some new bricks. Would you come and build something new? So right now, listen for a new thought process. A new thought process. Father, come and give us something new to believe. Father, right now, come and imprint that into us. Holy Spirit, come and press that into us. Okay, everyone keep your eyes closed. If you haven't been able to hear something new, uh, but you definitely know there was a stronghold, but you haven't been able to hear a new thought, just raise your hand. Okay, um, I wonder if some of the ladies, Andrea, could just go, There's just a couple of people are raising their hands. Just go and pray with these ladies and just speak into... Who else, who else did not hear something? Just raise your hand. We'll have some people come minister to you. Sue over there. Sue, this is Patrick, my old neighbor. Tara. Sometimes when we can't hear it ourselves, it's when we need our sisters to come and just speak some words of truth over us. So, Father, I release a blessing over these dear women... A blessing to go home and full of power, full of grace, full of joy, full of love for their friends and family, husbands, children. Ooh, wind of God, come and I don't know. morning or something.